Mark Rick was fired because he missed opportunity, right? It's hard for me to see a world where that happens with Kirby Smart. And it feels really good. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 180 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me today for a peek at everything college football. From a few new rules of play entering the 2019 season to interesting schedule quirks for SEC teams. And we do talk a little bit of Georgia news, but this is more of a catch-up show from all of the days and weeks that we've missed by not podcasting very often over the summer months. And much of our time spent towards the end of the show is answering questions you, our listeners, send in via Twitter. And we try to provide the best answers for those questions, and we appreciate all of the interaction you provided us. Oh, and before we begin the show, one quick note that Tony wanted me to pass along. We, meaning Scott, Tony, and Will, we are auctioning off a dinner with the three of us to benefit the Athens YWCO's youth programs, including the YWCO Summer Girls Club. The silent auction will be held in conjunction with Eastside Eats, which is a celebration of Eastside Athens food establishments, and it takes place on Sunday, September 29th at the YWCO on Research Drive. That is a direct quote that I'm reading from what Tony sent me via email, and we will have more details on that later, but just wanted to get that on your radar. So there it is. That's all the information for the intro, and here is the show. And of course, we certainly hope you enjoy episode 180. First off, as we discuss every time, uh, we don't know if this is the last show of the last season or the first show of the next season. No matter what, however, the next show will definitely be part of the 2019-20 season. Because, I agree. Because we, it, is the, it is the middle of July, and we are five and a half weeks, six weeks from the start of the season. Which means we have, essentially, considering with all the madness of summer, school starts uh, in a, just a couple of weeks. Right. Three weeks. Two weeks, in, two weeks uh, for we Athenites, wow. for Clark County people, August 5th. Yeah, we start on the 7th. Yeah. So, so, um, and, so I guess that is, I guess it's three weeks. I wasn't going to disagree with you. It's three. Yeah. You lost two, you lost two lost to three two there. there. <laughs> uh, but the point is, we're going to have, you know, we are going to have um, a show. What we should generally do is we do a big season preview of all of college football. And we do an SEC preview, and then we do an actual nitty-gritty Georgia preview, and then we have a game preview of the first game and an actual football game between two teams that play football against football each other. Football start. So, which is on the horizon. I think we are two weeks, maybe even a little less, from the start of practice. Mm-hmm. I think practice actually gets going here uh, pretty soon. You can tell things are starting to get revved up. SEC media days are happening, which is why, why I think we decided to convene uh, this week. As the media days have happened, I will confess this is perhaps just because I am a Southerner for only six years. The massive appeal of SEC media days, I I think they are interesting. I do think it's weird that it became a massive story that they're going to be in Nashville next year and Atlanta the year after. That struck me as very odd that like where these weird press conferences are two years from now is some sort of story. But uh, apparently, people are so desperate for football that it is. That's exactly right. People are desperate for football. I remember living in Illinois when they had Big Ten Media Day um, and Singular. thinking how cute it was that they all went to they Chicago do have for two a days. day. They, they do have two days. And look, I, I get it. This is not... This isn't about news. No, no ground will be broken. There is nothing to replow. It is simply... And frankly, it's the media feeding us a narrative because, thank God, they've got something to talk about other than 
who the third string quarterback is going to be behind Tua and whoever the other guy is named Brody or Parker. Yeah, I, I felt it was like an unofficial start to the season too that the Athletics started announcing all of its new college football hires. That's a good point. <laughs> and, and That's I actually how you yeah. feel. Yeah. Andy yeah. Staples, I think Boise I, yeah. State's getting yeah. one. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan finally has one. <clears throat> uh, they, they should have had one before. Andy Staples, Staples I think, is the big over, name. Yeah. He went from Sports Illustrated over the Athletic. That to me felt like the unofficial. Okay, we're getting. Started and it feels a little now. bit like the death knell of college football coverage at Sports Illustrated, just because I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah, there, there are a lot of structural things about Sports Illustrated, yeah. but no, namely their website. And I know that you do stuff for them. I don't do anything with their website on the t- SID, uh, TV, which is currently in hiatus. But yeah. please watch that on Amazon Prime. Yes. Uh, anyway, but uh, I would Re-brain say it's TV. Prime Day, so go <laughs> go watch it. Um, it's not free or anything, but uh, it's it's not like a deal for it. It is very good though. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the point is is that. Uh, uh, I feel, and I would also say, I think next week is when the solid verbal starts doing its conference previews. Mm-hmm. That's it's starting; it's happening. It's all starting mm-hmm. to get happening. So this feels like time for us to convene and uh, start wetting our whistle until we start getting into regular shows. Yes. Uh, yeah, so get, our, get our bourbon pouring out. Who went today? Who went today? Like we're we're recording Monday. Florida went today. That's the only one I know of for certain. Missouri, okay. Missouri. Yeah. You know who I feel bad for is uh, Florida what, the fans? third day. Yeah, always. But I think it's the third or fourth day, however many days they go. I think Kentucky and Vanderbilt were like the last two. Yeah. Nobody, it would be funny to watch all of the reporters just be like, all right, see you, Derek Mason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is why there's Illinois gonna be a big, the last day in the Big Ten. <laughs> right. There's going to be a, a big uh, exodus of uh, sports reporters not wanting to really hear about Vanderbilt. Yeah, which is not unfair. They should have um, stacked them in the middle, yeah. in my opinion. It's, I mean, like, it's like the Democratic debates, you know, you just want to like even them out a little bit. Which want, night? You don't want all the Blasios at the end. I, I did like it when there was the blackout and he's like in Iowa somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm, I stand with the citizens of my t- Whatever, Buttigieg has the same problem. And in fact, probably a more severe thing going on there that he wasn't around for. So, but you know, it's not like uh, nah, yeah. it happens. Anyway. So, when we last left you, um, yeah, the hard part about doing something in early July is like, like, Traditional media, there's not a whole lot to talk about, which in past years has not been the case, <laughs> which is a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we we have Scott. I'm sure you have an outline of some sort, but we, yeah, um, you know, when you look around, a couple of notes that I want to talk about is uh, we. So we went camping this weekend. It was our official tailgate uh, planning meeting, um, but Wayne and Tiffany and Kristen and the kids and I went camping this weekend, uh, and we were talking about. Tiffany asked me, what's going on with Florida? What's up with Dan Mullen? And it's interesting just because they have had an awful lot of people leave, right? You know, they've had a couple of criminality issues, but they've also had a number of guys that they were counting on this year to just enter the portal. Their number one recruit last year did not qualify academically. The corollary to that is the message book post on the Florida Gator like whatever it is, you know, Swamp Nation, I don't know what they call themselves. Uh, maybe it's just called the Swamp. Um, swamp Nation. It's just called Florida Men. Oh, it's, it's Florida. Called. It's called Crawl. <laughs> Both the funny part and the horrifying part. The funny part is that to watch it, my God, the rationalization. It is just incredible. The horrifying part is what Georgia sounded like from 2002 until <laughs> 15, honestly. Seriously. And it is it's cringeworthy. It's like watching... Steve Carell did his very worst on Office Cringeworthy. <laughs> and I am happy now that we are on the other side of that. I am ecstatic that Florida is enduring this. And it's interesting to me to watch. And, I, and Scott, I know you have your 
your rank is laid out that we, I'm not, well, I'm not prepared. No, it's, it's cool. I'm just not prepared to, I mean, I, I think I know who I'm going to put first in the East, but I can't say, I can't tell you beyond that. But when I look at the intellectual contortions some people are doing for who's going to threaten Georgia this year, that tells me more than anything that we are in a place where um, I didn't think maybe it was possible a few years ago, especially considering Florida's been in this shape for a long time. Tennessee's been in this shape for a long time. Missouri's won two SEC championships, uh, two SEC East titles since they came in the league. Mark Rick was fired because he missed opportunity, right? It's hard for me to see a world where that happens with Kirby Smart. And it feels really good. And I would say that what I've been a little surprised by, uh, particularly in this regard, is one thing I thought would happen once Georgia got its act together would be other teams would have to respond right. accordingly. Right. It's the, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, or like the I guess this is the old Batman idea. Yeah. Like once Batman is, is uh, exists, the Joker then has to rise up to meet him. Mm-hmm. Like all other criminals are kind of lame until Batman shows up. And they're like, oh, we better raise our game if we're going to. And we haven't seen that really too much so far, at least in the East. And in a way that I think that you have, uh, like I'll put it this way, is Clemson this good? If Alabama isn't, is Georgia this good? If Alabama isn't this good, like you need the not unfair, yeah, like you need the the the, the pace car. You need the uh, the rabbit that the uh, greyhounds are chasing. And I feel like right now it feels better to be that rabbit. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's also worth. Like I say this all the time. I feel like I bring this up a lot on this podcast. I still feel like you know. Uh, Kirby's got two or three years to get that title until people start eating each other. <laughs> like, yeah, I firmly believe it. And that's, and that's probably right. Um, you know, the interesting part of the interesting thing, since you brought up Clemson and Alabama, is that it is surreal to me when I hear national media talking about how boring it is with the top three teams. And Georgia's one of those top three teams. Right. It's not a I, – I, I, a lot of people bring up was, was 07 we were ranked one coming out of the preseason, right? Was 07, 08? 08. Right 08 there. Yeah. 08 we came ranked in. It was it was surreal then, but it, I think like everybody else, it was like, oh, we'll see what happens. I had the stance at the end of last season, and I stand by it. Georgia deserves to be in that conversation. And this is fun. If you had told me that four years ago when we were sitting around talking about uh, – over on the east side of Athens talking about uh, – Whatever it was, we talked about that first. I mean, they uh, weren't ranked. I mean, <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm just saying. Lambert. Yeah. Well, it's you know the interesting thing about it is that it is, um, and I'm as guilty as any of the Florida fans now of that rationalization. Yeah. And God knows I probably will be in ten years, but right now I'm not, and it's awesome. All the preview magazines are coming out now, and anyone that doesn't have Georgia in the top three is trying too hard. Yeah, and that's like, that's kind of where I was going. Cute. Yeah. That's where I was going with the contortions, yeah. and I think that will be an interesting. It will be an interesting kind of thought exercise if we can do that to figure out where 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 the media will rank the East and the West and, and the teams the East and the West. Because you're right, you're trying too hard right now, um, and frankly, you're doing that if you don't put Alabama first in the West, yeah. and you're doing that if you don't put Clemson first in the. I mean, I have not seen a magazine that has had Clemson one, Alabama two, Georgia three. Right. I just haven't seen one. I yeah, have, I have Who's not four. Seen- Sometimes it's Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, 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 Michigan is a big one. Michigan's the cute. Michigan is the cute yeah, pick, right. which I get it because Ohio State's got a new coach yeah. and a lot of teams have been down. Yeah. And Wisconsin, Michigan, I finally has a quarterback. So Michigan, I think, is kind of the consensus for, but there's nothing near the what the obvious locks. The first three are, yeah. 
I would say also too <clears throat> that um, one I, I my uh, annual my regular podcast shout out to Seth Emerson. He's a terrific series. Uh, a lot of journalists like myself are doing uh, the end of decade wrap up pieces. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing this first installment was horrifying. Yeah, there was, one, there was oh, one that was a one yeah. that was a rough one. Boy. But then there was a great moments one, which was really awesome. Uh, and, uh, and, but the one that was rough, and the first three were exactly the three that you would expect. Yeah, of course they were. Yeah. And, but, uh, but it was an awesome series. It was, I w- I've only been here, I only got here in 2013. So, mm-hmm. like, I was watching in 2010 to 12. But I, that, it, it wasn't as urgent for me then as it's been, frankly, since I got here. Remember, the first game I went, uh, first George game I ever went to was uh, George LSU. So, uh, <laughs> which and, I think and, is still as loud as this place has gotten. Well, I mean, thinking about it, I mean, he barely touched on two of the ones that always stand out to me, and that's overtime with Georgia Southern. Yeah. Frankly, needing some help—not help, some breaks to beat Nickel State. Yeah, still, I still laugh at that. Yeah. The Nickel State game is like the outlier of outliers. Over that the feels like a definitive of, moment, though. Like yeah. that feels like a moment that that. The idea, like we I'm should go back and listen to our post game show. Of that, like, I always make fun of, like, hey, go listen to our Tennessee preview. I think I would like to hear our thoughts and just to how it's changed now. I mean, there is no dimension. Like, I, you know, I can make my comments about in two or three years if they don't win, when everyone's going to each other here. There is no universe anymore that oh, Georgia God. would be within thirty points of Nickel State. No, and like there just isn't. There's or or a nickel state type team. Yeah, no, like, no, no. Even if they sleepwalk and don't care and don't play and don't try, they still won by twenty one points. Maybe by twenty points. Yeah, and we're all frustrated. Yeah, and but they were so close. To and you know, game. what year did we play nickel state? That was 15. Kirby's first year. Yeah, and so if you was want that to, first home game? ooh, that's a good question. Great they, trivia question because they had because their first game was the game. Uh, uh, at North Carolina. North Carolina. Not yeah. at North Carolina, but at the yeah, Dome, North, Carolina. North Carolina. May well be. You know, you can go back and listen. When you get one of these cards, take the QR code. Yes. You can go and look at all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts. But do not listen to the pregame of the Alabama-Georgia Under game. Under no circumstances. Uh, when, when they played here. Don't listen Even to though Will was right, was he still did not hedge enough. I didn't see that coming. No. Yeah. <laughs> though wow, I probably should so uh, but anyway, so I would recommend everybody read that uh, series. And the last little piece of thing that people should definitely read is uh, uh, one of our good pals, Bill Connolly. Bill Connolly is an ESPN dog now. As, as all, as, there was a time where I would have, uh, a long time ago, where I would have mocked someone for going for ESPN. Uh, ESPN, I think, particularly in this level, has gotten really, really good at recognizing talent. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Bill Connolly, as much as I love SB Nation, was too good to be there for too long. And uh, he is at ESPN and his S&P rankings for the SEC East and the SEC West came out on Monday. Yeah. Uh, I would highly, highly, highly recommend them. They are uh, fantastic as always. I, I miss the countdown format. Uh, he's not doing that at ESPN, but uh, Bill Connolly, Bill Connolly previewing the SEC West and the SEC East is definitely a sign that the season is about to get going. Yeah, and it's good for I'm Bill. You know, he's been on the podcast. We we are all fans of his way of thinking about college football. And it is a nod to the changing of the, you know, watch the games nerd yeah. kind of mentality that ESPN now brings him in. And yeah. S&P Plus lives 
with their yeah. FPI ranking and the AP rankings and the college football. And don't underestimate the gambling aspect of and why ESPN may have brought And then the gambling well. stuff. But he, he, he has a super smart way of thinking about yeah. football that is not inaccessible to people that don't yeah. understand stats. I wrote about this uh, for New York Magazine a while back about how one of the things I was worried about gambling becoming legal and big part of sports is that you just going to have a, like, if you are a dedicated gambler and want to win, you need to not read those, watch those idiots no. uh, yelling, here's my pick three picks for tonight. They don't know anything. You need to be reading Bill Connolly. Yeah. You need to be reading Kim Pomeroy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to be reading Mike Primo. Petriello. Yep. You need to re- be reading Bill Barnwell. Those are who you need to be reading. Yeah. Need to James be- Holtower. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You need yeah. to be reading the experts, not the guy that's got the good pick on the line tonight. Because those are those are the, 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 the charlatans. Those well, are the ones that when we were in college, we all called that line at least one time for the free pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they call you back and they call yeah. you back and they call you back. Yeah, that's, that's why you're calling your buddies home. <laughs> well, 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 I didn't yeah, think that far. What's the line if the uh, if the product is free? You're the product. Yep. 100%. So I got a question for y'all. Okay, I've got different topics on different pages of paper. And I like I, this game. I'm gonna just let y'all pick which one we talk about first. Scheduling mm-hmm. for 2019, new uniforms. <laughs> Yes. You can go ahead and put that one at the bottom. Um, there's another one that I titled Scheduling. So I've got two that are scheduling. Scheduling number two. <laughs> if uniforms number two comes up, you, uh, you have to hand me the paper. Um, 2019 rule changes. Okay. Um, the bowl season, you know, the list of the bowls and, you know, where the championship game is. Yeah. Um, hashtags that <laughs> all the schools are using. I found some of them pretty funny. Will, Will got visibly excited at hashtags. I did. And um, how much I love hashtags. Yeah, and then scheduling. Okay. So Scheduling three now? No. We'll see. I would be interested in talking about bowls because the SEC did release their, their bowl lineups for the next, whatever, 10 years or seven or eight years. I've just got 2019. Yeah, but 2019, obviously. But um, that, I did take note of that. That was something that came out of media days. So that is as of use because – as we knew, the Las Vegas Bowl was going to be in the rotation. Um, it was unclear how the the Las Vegas Bowl was going to work in. Um, we now have a little more information how that looks. Um, just because of um, the Belk Bowl, like SEC won't be involved in the Belk Bowl every year like it has been. Um, which I think everyone is kind of oh, okay with. Be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, but we traded to Shreveport, which... Like I, you know, like Kyle is a he's been, you know, he's our friend. He's he's been on the podcast. He was chair of the bowl when Georgia won it. Um, I'm sad for Shreveport, but they tried out for Tampa, and I don't see that as a win in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Other than instead of driving, you know, ten hours west, we have to drive seven hours south. I mean, let's just not make that bowl. And right, and that's part of the key. It's like, look, you know, at that point, if we're in the six pack bowl, send me to Las Vegas. Right? right. Yeah, I would 100 percent go to that game. Well, the um, championship game this year is in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's played on January 13th, which is two weeks after the semifinal games. I wish we could have had two weeks after the Rose Bowl to kind of let that all sink in. But it was six yeah. days later in Atlanta, which, you know, people could argue either way because the team was hot. Yeah. Um, you know, take it for what it's worth. But the semifinal games are the Fiesta and the Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, in Atlanta, potential... You know, Georgia Alabama matchup in Atlanta. Right. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. More likely yeah. it's like Clemson and Georgia sure. or Georgia and some team from the West. And then the I other mean, and this is the thing, is that like I mean, we'll do this only do all the previews, but I, I don't think the Pac twelve is not in a position now to be putting anybody in the playoff. So like I think you're still looking at 
Yeah, Oklahoma, yeah. Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio Michigan, State. and you um, wanted them to fall through. Yeah, potentially so, Texas Tech, strangely, but I got to do some more yeah. thinking about that. So in the I mean Texas New Year's Chris Six, Texas. I wouldn't even call it New Year's Six. For Texas, no. Cotton and Orange are played before New Year's this year. Um, the Cotton's going to get the the group of five selection because they have that okay. large. Yeah. So it's going to be like Memphis versus you know LSU, LSU. <laughs> Exactly. And then, uh, you know, of course, orange, rose, and sugar. And yeah, all the SEC bowl tie-ins have not changed. There's nothing new to report. It's the same old, same old that you kind of have already been there, done that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's the bowl season. Yeah, I mean, I think the most interesting thing to me is that, um, and again, we're going to do previews, but is the the possibility of the SEC champion playing not, not outside the footprint again, uh, playing in Atlanta and then going to New Orleans to play the national championship. Going to Atlanta win. and then Atlanta and then New Orleans. Atlanta and New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, cuts against I, – I, I, this gets back to an argument we had or discussion we had about the Georgia-Florida game. I think that cuts against Georgia playing anything more than the one-off Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta. Um, why would you go to Atlanta on October 28th? when your goal is to go there every year, December 8th, right? It just doesn't make sense to me. I think this is the first year, by the way, that there is an NFL Falcons game the day after the SEC championship game at home. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been I, a while. I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think since they've moved to the Benz they've done that. Oh, no, no, it's only, right. yeah, fourth year, so, third year. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that in, in, actually my wife and I were talking, I was like, well, don't the, do the, because we were talking about George Warren, it's like, it's the only NFL stadium that they, the Jags will never play a home game on the Sunday uh, the last right, weekend right. in October, and she's like, "Well, well, the Falcons. Well, the Falcons could right. because it's artificial turf. It's literally just strip the paint and repaint. But with the grass field, you can't do that. Right. Um, plus, you've got to put on the tarps for the Jags, which you don't and have fill to fill the pool. Which you have to have not on for George Florida. Yeah. So you want to talk about schedules? Yeah. Part one. Part. I want to talk about schedule two. The deuce. Well, the schedule two kind of goes after schedule one. Then we'll do one first. All right. I lost three to two. So two to three. I find Six, scheduling four. close game. <laughs> these are all non conference scheduling uh, for this Can year. Can we talk I, about cricket by the way? Hmm? Can we talk about cricket at some point? Cricket? No. God the look Will just gave me was amazing. <laughs> so there's a, a wicked googly. There's a handful of games <laughs> nationally that interested me um, kind of ranging from the beginning of the season to uh, mid September and these that I'm going to list right now that we can discuss are about like the top eight games of interest nationally. Uh, most of them involve an SEC school. In fact, I think all of them do because the other ones. From, yeah. when, from when until when? Well, we'll start with week zero. Oh, we I know what you're zero. about to talk about. I can't yeah. wait. We get Florida and Miami, and they're playing it in Orlando. Yeah. They're, uh, Florida is a, in a unique situation this year, them and Miami. And then I think Arizona and Hawaii also fall into week zero. They get three bye weeks this year. Yeah. Because the college football season between Labor Day and the first week of December, there's 14 weeks. Typically, there's 13. So every team gets two bye weeks. But with Florida and Miami playing in week zero, they're off on uh, August 31st. That's a really interesting game. I don't know what Vegas has a line on that game at, but a lot of people have. I mean, a lot of people have Florida listed as a dark horse for the East, and that's fine. You, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Florida minus seven and a half. That's closer than that I thought. That was the I was open. Thinking, okay. And then the current line is Florida minus 15. I was about to say, that I would think better. double digits. Yeah, it's that closer. Closer what I was thinking. Um, yeah, look, Miami has a new coach. 
Um, and you could be snarky and say Miami doesn't have the same quarterbacks coach they had last year. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, that's a really – I'm looking forward to that game just because it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Well, and plus it's what, in like four weeks? Yeah, the 24th. Right? Right? Yeah, August week 24th. zero. Yeah. Uh, another game on the, the first, the, the real opening weekend of the season is the rematch of the 2011 National Championship game. It's Auburn and Oregon, and they're playing in Dallas. And Oregon, I've heard, is the sleeper pick of the Pac-12 because of Justin Herbert uh, is back. You know, he could have probably been a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. But uh, he's back, and um, I forget the coach who was from, from a Florida school, not Lane Kiffin, but the other guy uh, that's coaching Oregon now after Willie Taggart left. Oh, Cristobal, Mario Cristobal. Yeah, yeah. so um, Oregon could beat them up and down the field. Well, right and that's then. the thing. Auburn opened with Washington last year, and that was a close game, and that kind of set the tone for the season for Washington because they kind of were disappointed eventually. And then with the Pac-12 not even making it to uh, to the playoffs, so I would love nothing more than to see Oregon just beat down Auburn and Gus just to start the season outright. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that game's on when George is playing at night. Also, yeah. Another one we got uh, opening weekend is the Battle of the Carolinas. I heard somebody tweet. I can't even give the guy credit because it was weeks ago, but he said, can the winner of this game please officially be called Carolina? I thought that <laughs> not was fair to the Pirates of East Carolina. <laughs> yeah, East Carolina. Or, yeah. Cat- or the Catamounts. But oh, that West one, West again, Carolina. is in Charlotte. They played that a couple of years ago in Charlotte. That was when Debo Samuel ran, was clocked at running like 43 miles an hour or something when he returned to kickoff, and uh, uh, UNC's quarterback – threw a bunch of picks, and uh, then they went on a big win streak and won the rest of their games, and then they lost at the end of the season. But anyway, it's a good barometer on how these teams are going to do. I think South Carolina is going to have a terrible year. Uh, I think Muschamp is kind of over his skis with uh, whatever he's trying to Your mouth to God's up. ears, man. I mean, like, listen, didn't we say going into last year, going into that game when Georgia played there, like, this is the best shot that they're going to have. This is the best yeah, this is South Carolina yeah. team. This is a Georgia team that's lost a little bit and is still early, and that game was never really in doubt. So. Yeah. And then we got uh, a matchup that has not been played since 2010. Bama is technically 3-1 and one versus Duke all time. Wait a minute. Are you telling me Bama and Duke played in 2010? They did. Bama played in Durham in 2010. Yeah. What? Yeah. I remember watching the game. God, that must have made Nick Saban nuts. <laughs> but uh, Bama had to vacate one of their wins versus Duke, so they're really only 2-1 and one versus Duke. They had to vacate the 2006 win. Um, but they're opening in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a yawner. Pour some outs for well, Duke, I think uh, these could be a yawner next year too, right? Because isn't it uh, Georgia and Virginia? Yeah, Georgia and Virginia. Uh, Labor so, Day yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I feel like I, that, I, that was that's kind of a bummer game, but they're both kind of bummer games. Like, Virginia's a little better to Duke, and I think uh, uh, Georgia and Alabama are, you know, at least roughly on the same level. That, but I feel like those games, like, I may regret saying this, but, like, to me, the fun is when, what, when Florida State played Alabama there a couple of years ago. Like, uh, like or that maybe there was an in and There was an Auburn, Auburn yeah. Wisconsin game there. Yeah, there was a Georgia North Carolina game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, so, there wasn't there a Georgia Boise State game? That never happened. I remember that? Um, so, like, those are cool games. These feel like, look, we have Alabama. Look, we have Georgia. And not exciting outside of that. Yeah, I mean, the hard part, their business model, the Chick fil A kickoff games business model, is, is basically revolves around having uh, one of the marquee SEC programs or one of the marquee ACC programs versus an ACC or SEC team or an interesting team from another conference. Well, last year it was Auburn and uh, Washington. Yeah, Auburn-Washington's a great example. Which was a cool game and a better game um, than this year's game or next year's game. For a while, there was some discussion about Georgia trying to get 
a matchup with Michigan there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much that talk, how far they talk. But they're right? doing that every three years, right? The idea is that he wants to play there every three years. Yep. Yep. And not all those games are scheduled, but they, they don't think any of them are scheduled. George has got Oregon there in a couple of years. Is there Oregon? Yeah, or I think okay. so. so. There's one, but I think the idea is they want to play there. Yeah. And, and Georgia Clemson. Is, is that, that there? I thought those were home and home. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they are. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. But I don't think that game's still like 30 or 32 or something stupid. Oh, that's right around the corner. Yeah. Dude, I, I think can't. Jordan Lawrence will still not be allowed to make a living in the NFL. Or then. Trevor. Yeah, Char- yeah Trevor. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, uh, speaking of Jordan Joe, Lawrence. I think Joey Lawrence is who I'm trying to <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> when did Keanu Reeves take whoa from Joey Lawrence? That's what I, I know. Right. Joey Lawrence has the whoa. 2006? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. September 7th. Uh, the team playing probably the toughest schedule in all of the country. Uh, Texas A&M oh. goes to Clemson. Uh, that was a close game last year in College Station. <laughs> Dear listener, it will not be this year. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to opine further on it. That was my opinion. Okay. Joey Lawrence is going to have an awesome Whoa. Game. And so then also on September 7th, a matchup that has not taken place in Austin – since 1954, LSU goes to Texas. This is not a neutral site game. That's going to be the Tigers in Daryl Royal Stadium for the first time since 1954. Wow, that's pretty cool. But I mean, those are the matchups I love. That's those are games that I wish, like the Georgia Notre Dame game, right? Yeah. I would totally, and we we've scheduled a couple more of those. I'd be totally down with those kind of games, hundred percent down. Is this still, is this kind of like this also West Virginia at Missouri that same weekend? A little, I guess, but not really. Like this that's is the, what that's the Ned Yost. This point. is what we're going to see more and more of. That, right? That's why everyone's scheduling up so much because you want to put yourself. You're already in a position that, like, you want to make sure if you win your conference championship game, you're in. Yeah. And the way that you do that is by playing this <clears> game. <throat> if you lose them, that eh, doesn't really hurt you. And if you win them, maybe you get a little extra credit if one of those teams. Yeah. Like maybe you, maybe you end up in that four space. But it totally makes sense to play them, and it's a uh, fans benefit from it. Yeah, and the other top unique game I wrote down, of course, was Notre Dame-Georgia. We're not going to talk about it, but uh, talk about it yet. I'm about to say we will eventually. Yeah, eventually. But uh, I mean, but, I think there's – is there – I can't fathom any way that's not game day. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, yeah. isn't it? I mean, let me look you know, at and the schedule. And even, even though that's going to be a CBS game, ESPN will still show up oh, yeah. for that I mean, that's and gonna promote somebody a uh, game on someone else's network. All right. I, mean, they, I mean, to be fair, a game that wasn't there last year or two years ago. No, there was. It was on NBC. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I think there was also like another really awesome game that day, wasn't there? Um. Yeah, I don't I remember. Like there about, was. Yeah, I feel like there was. I have to look at the schedule. That's there's one thing I, I intend to do is write a um, do 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 the scheduling yeah. thing I normally do and put it on our website. And so. it dial it dial and I think that game being such an intense experience dialed up the anticipation for this. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Some other SEC schools that are – it's not as marquee, but these are interesting matchups. Vanderbilt goes to Purdue on uh, September 7th, which is the first time they've played at Purdue since 1942. BYU and Tennessee play for the first time ever on the 7th of September. Colorado State and Mike Bobo pays a return visit to Arkansas and Chad Morris. Uh, I think we were thinking that Bobo would get him last year, but they didn't. He, he had they some injury problems. Close. I think Bo, and I've he seen, was sick. I've seen Bobo on some hot seat lists. I'm sure. In some of the he, well, yeah, yeah. 
I, it's funny. I don't know why, but for some reason, after Lovey has a bad year, he's not on them this year. Like, I know he got an extension, but this is contract. That's a contract thing. Yeah, like, it's just like... Josh Whitman's played five-dimensional chess. He shouldn't be, he shouldn't be on them. But remember, last year I spent a lot of time saying, Lovey Smith is not getting fired at the end of this season unless there's some sort of massive scandal. They just built a new practice facility. They yeah, ain't got money just, to pay him out. Just no, they don't want to pay him out. Maybe they, maybe they should, but they do not want to. Also, you know, the Illinois starting quarterback there this year is uh, an opening first game is going to be Brandon Peters. If you remember Brandon Peters, he was the Michigan quarterback uh, who uh-huh. uh, he, he filled in. The, he came in late, and he was one of, he was one of Harbaugh's first quarterbacks. Okay, and uh, and he struggled in in one game early and had to come in and play in a bowl game because someone got hurt. And then he transferred out this year once Patterson came in. He thought he might have had a chance to start this year. Oh, he transferred out. He's now a junior. He'll yeah. only have two years, and he'll be and, throwing the ball to Luke Ford. Uh, yeah, no, he won't. <laughs> No, he will not. All right, so picture this. Say, say that you're a proud alumni and you travel and follow your team wherever it goes. I, I and am. your team is the Cal Bears. You live in Berkeley, and you're traveling to Oxford, Mississippi <laughs> on September 21st into the Grove. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought this up. Has there, and this is your question, has there been a total... Has there been a match that are total opposites of fan bases? This is it. I mean, I, I can't. Well, I say of of, of what we they were going to LSU. What we perceive to be the Cal Bears are because I've been to Oxford. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like I mean, there are some. It depends on what we're defining. I mean, if Notre Dame played UCF or <laughs> yeah, right. Notre Dame, I mean Notre Dame playing LSU, Notre Dame playing Miami. I mean, Syracuse, yeah, like, yeah. LSU, Syracuse. Well, LSU, Syracuse is a good one. LSU, Syracuse is yeah, a good when one. L- when LSU yeah. went to the Carrier Dome, well, and it took them like two weeks to clean up campus. I mean, <laughs> is that's really a shocking difference. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Stanford played, no, but Stanford, yeah, they got, some they Stanford got are wacky, yeah. so. I mean, I don't know. BYU Memphis is pretty there, right? <laughs> well, BYU Tennessee. Yeah, but BYU, BYU Memphis Tennessee is, is a good one. Yeah. BYU Tennessee is a good That's one. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, BYU at the Grove would be a fun one. So if you're a, what? I mean, th- there's going to be some kind. Yeah, of, they have Rumspringa. There's going to be some <laughs> kind of Cal Berkeley religion. professor. You know, maybe like the dean of the College of Education that travels down with the team and rolls up into the the Grove. I'm just kind of painting a picture. You know, this uh, astute Berkeley-esque professor just rolling up into the Grove. I mean, you've been to the Grove recently. Beard and a monocle. Exactly. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the record, that is exactly how I showed up to the Grove. Uh, <laughs> that, for can, that 11 a.m. kickoff? I can confirm. He had a beard and monocle. I have to say, anyone wearing a beard and monocle as hot as it was in the game that we went to um, is not going to have a beard or a monocle very long. I've just now gained back the weight I lost. Oh, my gosh. All right, so That's the hottest football game I've ever been in. The other thing I did was the what were they thinking scheduling this game. This is something I look for every year of teams that go to places where you're like, why are you traveling there? I assume Mississippi State's going to figure prominently in this. No, no they're, they're actually hosting Kansas State this year. They went to Manhattan last year. That's a power five team. Yeah. So uh, one of the teams on this, and I'm, I think I'm going to go from least shocking to most shocking. So one of the teams on this list is uh, Missouri's going to Wyoming. I told you Missouri was on the list. Oh, that's a Mississippi State. It's the second, uh, second ever meeting um, because they, well, I think Wyoming went to Missouri last year. So, so yeah, you've been to Wyoming's uh, War Memorial Stadium. Yeah. And that's where Missouri's going to be opening their season. Any chance for a surprise out there? I mean, it could Maybe snow. Maybe a snowstorm. <laughs> Wyoming, I was, was there. no, dude. I was there. I was there May twenty seventh or eighth, and it was snowing. So, 
Um, it's a beautiful stadium, though. It's a beautiful, I mean, holds 40,000 people. It's uh, almost straight up and down. It's dead in the middle of campus. It's. I have to assume that's what you get to do in Laramie. Show so, up and drink. So okay. another one is uh, this is not this is at a neutral site, but uh, FSU is playing Boise State in Jacksonville. Mm. Why they're not playing in Tallahassee? And here's the thing: I looked it up. It's a it's a home and home series. <clears throat> they're going to Boise next year, but they're not having a home game in Tallahassee. They're playing Wait a in Jacksonville. The, the home game, the home game leg of this is in Jacksonville. I thought Boise no. was giving up their home game to play in Jacksonville. No. Boise yeah, is coming to Jacksonville to play Florida State. Next year, Florida State is going to Boise to play Boise. Man, Jake need to kick them out of the that's, ACC that's if that's the case. So, that's crazy. That is crazy. I I that's bad. Another weird one, UNC is going to Wake. Yeah, that's a non-conference game. And it's a yeah. non-conference yeah. game because they, they could not find. You're going to start seeing more yeah. of that as well. They do that in baseball. Like Georgia's played Alabama non-conference yeah. before. Yeah. You're gonna see. You're gonna see more of that as it gets more expensive. To um, that's I don't like it. Oh, I don't like it either. Yeah. But you'll see more of it. Yeah. Now it's hard for me to imagine Georgia would ever do that. I can't imagine. Um, but There's, yeah, I mean, that would be kind of fun. You know, play Ole Miss as a non-conference. Yeah, I guess it might be fun to play. Yeah, it might be fun to play like someone in the West that you, yeah, don't, that you don't get play, very yeah. often. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, guess I, I can see guess, it. Yeah. No, I think about it. Yeah. All right, so yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Week one of the season, Wisconsin is traveling to South Florida. I don't know if that's just for recruiting. I mean, they probably will end up there again. I'm not percent certain they thought it was the Alpac Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois travels to UConn. Mm-hmm. How dare they? Big Ten school going to a school that doesn't even know their conference uh, affiliation. For what it's worth, uh, Illinois has they have quite a few of those games coming up yeah. where like they're scheduling up. Is like because remember remember the, last year they, they remember they played they played South Florida year they went undefeated. Like they had this like incredibly difficult non-conference schedule. I played North Carolina that year. Like it was like now they're playing Akron. <laughs> they're playing and Connecticut is. They want to get one road game and they feel like they're getting a home and home with Connecticut. I think Duke is on that schedule now. They're doing like that level, which is what they should be doing. First ever meeting between the two schools yeah, so. as well. Are they I doing think, a two for one with UConn where they have to go to the stores twice? I think. I think. I know. I think this. I think it's two at uh, Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the guys from Westwood are traveling to Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a return game. That's a return. Cincinnati beat them last year. Yeah. They're so is, beat is them Chip again Kelly this year. still? Yes. You think they'll beat them again this year? Yeah. Then uh, Gayoff Collins takes his team <laughs> to his old school. How weird is that? He's going to Temple, like the third week of the season. Yeah. No, the, the, so many the times, same week that we play Notre Dame. There's so many times that happens. It's just by a quirk of scheduling that it, that is already lined up. Right, because the game had to be lined up before. Yeah. Um, and then the last three on this list, uh, Louisville. Yeah. Remember their season they had last year? They're going to Western Kentucky. Yeah, that's a that's a Bobby Petrino by game. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that Louisville, makes sense. Louisville had to schedule that. That was part of the contract uh, negotiations to get Bobby Petrino, which I assume he's yeah. coaching the Western Kentucky Catholic League high school now. Another one. Miami's going to FIU. First ever meeting, no, second ever meeting between really? those schools. Yeah, and I think they're playing in Marlin Stadium. That's FIU's no. home school. So they're playing technically where they used to play. Wait, FIU, really. FIU plays in Marlin Stadium? I think so. I think really? they're playing this game there. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they play the regular. Yeah, they, no, no. no, they have a uh, – they're not in Boca. Yeah. Where are they? Uh, they're not far from Miami. Yeah, they're not far. Because that's why Isaiah Thomas was a coach basketball. There. Yeah, it's all and, south of uh, Jacksonville. 
And then the winner of the worst scheduling of what were they thinking scheduling this game? Syracuse goes to Liberty. <laughs> oh, man. Syracuse goes to Liberty. And all this, that comes with that. This reminds me of the Virginia Tech visiting Old Dominion last year, and Old Dominion beat them. So, uh, that was a cool game last year, by the way. Yeah, that was, was one of the most fun, it was like, a fun random watch, yeah. catch a game during it. That was actually a really fun game. And then some others of interest. Uh, o- uh, Oklahoma goes to UCLA. Purdue goes to Nevada. Minnesota goes to Fresno. I mean, and then the Battle of Orange and Wacky Uniforms. Oklahoma State travels to Oregon State, the Beavers. Okay. Or, and we're going to get into this later in uniforms, the Beavers. Are we? <laughs> on their uh, on their jersey, it doesn't even say beavers. It says it just says beeves. Wait, no, really? <laughs> Come I on, looked it up. Yes, of course I looked it up. It says beeves. So be proud of yourself, man. Fourteen year old Tony's doing all he can do to get out right now. So <laughs> it's a changing more. I know. Um, <laughs> so when it comes. <laughs> Also, when it comes to scheduling, I, I mentioned how Florida. I has, speak for Will once I get off our lawn. Yeah. I mentioned how Florida has three bye weeks. They also play two FCS teams. Florida, they're playing UT Martin and something called Towson. Oh, Towson. sorry, Towson. 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 Yeah, they're Travers. You never yeah. know if Towson is Towson State or if it's Towson. It's they the always, same. Yeah, they always, I know, but they always change the name. Yeah, ja- there's like that Jacksonville team that's sometimes Jacksonville, sometimes Jacksonville State. It's like Memphis. Those are two different schools, man. Jacksonville, Jacksonville University State. and Jacksonville State. Yeah. Jacksonville University Dolphins. Yeah. But Jacksonville so they're the State one that's Gamecocks. new. Are they the one that's new? One of them is very new. Artis, Artis Gilmore, they went to the Final Four. Who am I thinking of? There's like another one of those. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Towson is definitely that school, though. Yes. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun if Florida finished the season 6 and 6 and couldn't go to a bowl game because they had two <laughs> FCS wins? Well, you had me at couldn't go to a bowl game, so yes. <laughs> um, trash scheduling, home, home scheduling. Or actually out-of-conference scheduling, Bama. They play Duke, New Mexico State, Southern Miss, and Western Carolina. Don't sleep on David Cutcliffe. Oh, he gets Duke. very annoyed. If you did feel bad for a team, South Carolina might be one of them. They play Bama at home. It's the first time they've played them since uh, 2010. They play Georgia and Clemson. Yeah, well, so Georgia that's kind of like the Texas A&M here. scheduling. Ohio State, they're really pushing themselves as well. Their first three games are FAU. At home, Cincinnati at home. They go to Indiana, and then they have Miami of Ohio at home. So uh, they have to go to Urban Meyer's ethics class they, to learn to be. They'll able to, probably uh, start in four and zero. Texas A and M. I mentioned how tough their schedule is. They have to play. They Georgia. are legit. They have a legit tough. They schedule. They have to play Georgia and LSU back to back. Yeah, at Georgia and go to Clemson at LSU to end their season. Yeah, <laughs> and they have Alabama. Alabama at home, right? Sure. If you're a Virginia Tech fan. And, you know, maybe it's similar to Georgia. You have to donate 200 bucks to get the seat. Then you have to pay for the seats. This is your home schedule. Old Dominion, Furman, Duke, Rhode Island, North Carolina, Wake Forest, and Pitt. Excited. That's, that's pretty bad. For what it's worth, a couple of years ago, we thought Georgia had the most horrible home season ever. And... That Mississippi State game was awesome. Like it turned out yeah, to be like a really turned good out to home be a better than we thought. So yeah, you know, so Rhode Island could be huge. <clears throat> and then the final bit, Texas. Yes, Texas. They play twelve games, and ten of them are in the state of Texas. They go to West Virginia. I mean, to be Iowa fair, state. the state of Texas is huge. I drove yeah. through it. I know. Well, we may be in the state of Texas right now, and not even. It's hard to say. So yeah, that does it for schedule part one. Oh, wait, there's, a, there's a part two. That that was part two. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, this job was fun, but I just didn't know if I wanted to do another one. So yeah, now um, save that for 
One of the things that we talked Temporary. about last year, because there were a lot of changes, I can't remember exactly what they were, but there were changes last year, were the, the rules. Oh, rule changes. Okay. There, remember, it was uh, the way they had to wear their uniforms, and it never really became a thing. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember exactly it, what. It had to be over their knees. Yeah. Um, so the targeting rule this year is going to get looked at again. Uh, the instant replay officials are, will be directed to examine all aspects of the play and confirm targeting when all elements of targeting are present. I'm just reading what the press release was. If any element of targeting cannot be confirmed, the replay official will overturn the foul, which I thought that's what they had been doing anyway. It must either be confirmed or overturned. What they want to do is they want to make it a little bit harder to eject a player for targeting. They're not looking to react to a bang-bang play, which you know, you'll see a bang-bang play and immediately the targeting comes out. So they're trying to really actually be a little more prudent. Yeah, they're modifying the remote Wilson rule. <laughs> there you go. And three targeting fouls for a single player results in a one-game suspension. So that would actually equal to two and a half total games uh, because if you get a targeting foul, you're out that half. An additional. An additional okay. one-game suspension. That feels I mean, I'm, reasonable. Yeah. yeah like, uh, like, three is not an accident. That's the Vontae's perfect rule. <laughs> there you go. Uh, overtime, it's changing thanks to the LSU Texas A&M game last year. <laughs> Don't take this from me, NCAA. Yeah, this is, this is like a Wimbledon, right? They changed the rule for that. We ended up getting and it worked tie- out this year, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like, I would have watched them play forever. Like, I didn't really. I would have. They likely would have. I know it would have been awesome. They'd still be playing. Uh, after the fifth John, overtime, John Eisner and uh, Nicholas Mayhew has some words. They have some ideas. Actually, I think it's starting the fifth overtime. The teams will just run alternating two point conversions only. That's it. So you get through four overtimes, oh, you're man. good. Fifth overtime, that's a bummer. ball on the two yard line. Run Come two on, points. Does, so it doesn't count as a I, six points either. It counts as two points. I would I have would, stayed up all night. I don't know, dude. Yeah. We got back from whatever game it was. That game, we turned on the TV after we got unloading the van from tailgating, and LSU. No, who was Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. It was AM and Arkansas. Yep. No, AM and LSU. Yeah, it was AM and LSU. So, whoever it was, oh, oh no, LSU went up. And I thought, the game's over. I fall asleep and I wake up. And <laughs> three hours later? No. And like, LSU is now like, they're celebrating. I'm like, I thought this game was over, over. And then we come to find out they play another hour <laughs> and 20 minutes. I would have watched that game all night. Yeah. Well, think about all the Arkansas Ole Miss games that went six or seven. Well, the Arkansas game that put Alabama in the pl- right, literally in the playoff, on like a double bounce backward on a, throw on a backwards <laughs> lateral. Don't take this from me. I need this. So there's two more rule changes: the the blindside blocks, the ear hole block. They're now a 15 yard penalty. I kind of thought they were already, but yeah, they're Paul now Johnson be, left, but they can finally do it. <laughs> and then kickoffs. There's no more two-man wedge formation allowed on kickoffs. We are the general presumption I've always been is that kickoffs are eventually going to go away. Yeah, I think you're right. Kickoffs, like every every year, seems to bring another little like fall back from the kickoff. And listen, it's not that exciting of a play. It's not, and it, most of the I time, mean, one out of every twenty-five is right, exciting. Right, right. I mean, for you, it's very exciting because they're touchback, they're Rodrigo touchbacks. But like for the average fan, they're not that exciting because and the the downside is they're an incredibly dangerous play. Yeah, I mean, in in the sake of moving, keeping the game moving along right, too, right. it does take less time for. You just like, basically set the, the ball 20, and start. Right. 25, let's go. 
So before we get to the uniform talk, in case do we need oh, to get we'll, the uniform talk? We'll we'll put it at the end of the show, just okay. for the you know handful of people that want to hear that. Are, are um, we are we in the Can I go? Can I go? Y'all can leave, and I'll do a solo show. Um, but we did get quite a few. Yeah, thank uh, you all for asking questions. questions. That was Actually, awesome. We got a lot, so we're going to run through these uh, pretty quickly, as quickly as we can. But yeah, Tony had put up that uh, it's podcast time. We're getting together tonight. We've got questions. Hit us up. And so the first response was Rhino Red Hawk, Rhino L, Rhino, at Rhino Red Hawk. This is for Will, right? He says, Can Will share some insight as to what it's like to film an interview <laughs> for TV? What's something that's surprisingly challenging about making a show that none of us would have ever realized? Everything depends on how game the guest is. Um, and if they're not game, uh, it's going to be lame. And uh, uh, no matter how cool they are, no matter how fun, how much you admire them, uh, I would say the worst guest we had this year uh, is probably one of the person I was most looking forward to talking to, which was David Cross. David Cross from Mr. Show. He was just not really into it. Uh, I, I don't know if it was me. I think it's, I take responsibility for it, even if it is uh, he, if it's not him into it. But I was I was joking. Uh, I wrote a piece about the end of the season, and I was joking that uh, it was the first time I'd ever done uh, one of the episodes where I thought during the show, well. The air conditioner in this studio is really loud. Now that's a sign that your guest is not engaged, not happening, and being quiet. You're like, oh wow, this thing is really dragging. And they edited it and cleaned it up a little bit, but like to me, so much of it uh, involves how fun the guest is. Uh, the best show we had this week, this year was Sean Astin, uh, of course, from Rudy yeah. and from the Goonies and uh, Stranger Things and and all of the great things that he's done. And uh, but he was really, really into it, and we got and if someone really into it I can I can do some of my goofy things and we can kind of play along with each other and it is really fun we, uh, sometimes like we'll do like a game or something in the show I'd, if I have a good conversation I'll skip the game and we'll just like just keep going and just have fun and that, I, that was the best show that was the best one we did this year because he's game so that, that it is um, I don't meet any of these people usually. If it's like a friend of mine, like when John Hamlin was on, uh, uh, I obviously knew him and we met beforehand. But most of the time, I don't meet them until 10 minutes before we're taping. So I don't have a lot of time. Like I always go in, I, I, I prep the show, and then the, the staff people brings in the guest, and I go into the green room, and we chat, and I get a sense of what kind of vibe is happening, what kind of vibe is not happening. And, but I don't really know how game they're going to be until we get in the studio. And so the hardest part for me is figuring out, okay, how much fun is this person going to be? How much am I going to be able to play around with this person? And everything accounts on how, how game. It's all fake. Like, it's all fake. Like, if you watch these, like, I think I had a good rapport with Sean Astin, and we, I think, I feel like we understood each other as, 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 as human beings and had a great conversation. We have not talked since. Like, we are not actually friends. But, like, I think a good guest uh, understands that I'm trying to do something a little different, and I'm trying to engage with them on a, maybe a different level than the average show that they're on. Some people are game for that and some that aren't. The good ones, uh, but I, I generally find that it's happenstance. I don't know going in. I'd heard David Cross was a difficult interview and I'd heard correctly. Uh, but, um, but on the whole, um, uh, it really just depends on how game they are. And uh, that, 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 I do the best I can. I take responsibility if it doesn't turn out well. But uh, uh, so it's just you don't know until they actually start taping. I just sent Sean Aston a, a snap that said, this guy, right? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. He was awesome. He was a really, that was really good. That was a really good one. And uh, but sometimes you know when you go in the green room. When I went into when I went in to talk to Scaramucci, I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna go. Oh my god. So to be fair, I was wearing a Mueller pin at the time, so I could see why he might have been scoured. <laughs> Is there anybody that you would? He made it longer on your couch than he did on the presidents. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Is there anybody that if you got a text or a phone call from your producer? said, hey, we're booking this guest. I need you up. And you would like book a plane. To, you'd be so excited to interview that you would drop everything and fly up there. And do no, I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Like for me, to get a good like guest. Like it's like realistic that, too, to get. We've been trying to get John Hamm for a long time. Cause I was I just about to say John yeah, Hamm. Because yeah. yeah. I know John Hamm. And so like we've been trying to get our schedules together for a long time. He's so difficult to get the schedule together on that like, because uh, uh, he's always taping something. And like, I'll even be like, dude, are you, when are you in New York next? And well, to, just randomly, I know John. Well, he's a Cardinals fan. And he's a Deadspin reader, so I know. Like, and, but Andy Cohen. Uh, I don't. I've met Andy Cohen. I don't know him. I don't. I, I've never corresponded other than to say hello to him at the Cardinals bar. But I. But I. But like, I correspond with John Hamm, and um, and you so we've we've just been trying yeah. to get that show scheduled for a long time. It would be so. easier to do a podcast than a sit down show. So you can well, it would be, but like, <laughs> just call him. I, I, uh, that was hard to schedule before I had a show. So he's just a hard guy to pin down because he's incredibly busy. Yeah. Like he has like six movies coming out in like the next six months. So he's incredibly, but he's newly single. So like he is all over the place right now. So, uh, in the single last couple of years, the point is, is that like, he's now working like an insane person. It's really hard to nail down. So someone like that, that practical thing, just because it's, we've just been trying to get the schedule together. But there's a lot of people that if they told me, get on a play tomorrow, we have this person, I guess. There, there's just a lot of them. I'm trying to get a presidential candidate, like any presidential candidate. I really don't care who or what level. I think putting yourself through that is uh, whatever your political persuasion is an insane thing that I have like a ton of both. Uh, and I worry about the person's well-being. I have a lot of admiration for anyone that would put themselves through that process. I might be able to help you with that. Let me, we'll What's talk that? Up. I might be able to help you with that. Let's no. talk offline. Okay. Right. Um, Lamar Alexander? He's not I running. do have a it's still not running. Um, I have a, I do have a quick question. We have not talked about this. Are you, are you a blues fan? I, I am a blues fan in that I, I I know when the blues are playing and I check my scores on their phone. Okay. But like during this podcast, I've been watching. I've been looking over my phone. Right. The Cardinals playing right now. That's something you check the next morning. Yeah, that's something yeah. I check the next okay. morning, and then I watch the playoff games. Yeah. yeah. So you watch you watch Stanley Cup. It was very very oh, yeah. fun. It was very exciting. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, that was the last time I corresponded with John Hamm because he's probably a bigger Blues fan than he is a Cardinals fan. Yeah. He is a diehard. He loves the Cardinals. He's from St. Louis, but he is a Blues fan more than anything. He went to the parade. He was a big. Part. That's cool. Oh, he he was a big part of all of it. Like you know, is, you, there is hard, it's hard to find the St. Louis citizen who didn't get their picture with John Hamm at some. Point during the parade. Wow, he was really, really, really into it. So, um, yeah, we drove through St. Louis coming back from our trip during the playoff run, and the kid, my kids were like, "What's this? What's this? You know, let's go Blues thing." I was like, "Well, it's their hockey team." And And I'm a Caps fan, yeah, yeah, right, because I lived in DC. Um, you know, I was a Thrashers fan to the extent that they were here. I was the Thrashers, but I was was actually a Chiefs fan, and I followed the Jets for a while after that. I'm sorry, Flames. Flames. Um, but you know, I was I was just curious about that. I so. would I would say that like uh, no, I'm closing this is that like um, one of the big things for St. Louis too. Everyone is still very upset with what happened with the Rams. Yeah, and it's not just that the Rams left. It's that when Kroenke left, he said, 
I would never put another NFL yeah. team in that town again. Yeah. After salt of the earth for no reason. Purposely so like like trying to get out of there for five years and putting bad teams out there and like purposely just trying to, to muddy the waters so the Card- so the St. Louis let them go. Yeah. Uh, for him to do on the way out the door uh, really rubbed the people a lot of a long way a lot of way. I know some people I know making fun of St. Louis is like the same way people like to like make fun of Detroit and a lot of these like Midwestern towns that uh, Rust Belt towns that uh, used to be big manufacturing places and have struggled a lot with the kind of the changing economy and I that's kind of a for some reason coastal people like to make fun of that. I don't know why, uh, but St. Louis is a proud town that has a lot of people that are working very hard to uh, uh, to get the city, if not back to its former glory, at least back to a good place. And so when he did that, that not only upset sports fans, it was really a kick in the face for a lot of people that have been working really hard to get St. Louis to be a better place. So to have the Blues kind of recover, particularly during a time where the Cardinals are struggling, uh, was was an exciting thing. And uh, I I wasn't euphoric about it. I would uh, my friend David Hershey, uh, who's my uh, got is a big Arsenal fan. And got me into Atlanta United. Asked me what title made me happier, the Blues or Atlanta United, and I would say the Blues made title made me happier for a bunch of my friends. I would say the Atlanta United title actually made me a little bit happier, just because I have season tickets to that team and yeah. I really knew those players really well, even though I had not been a fan of them for as long. So, sure. uh, the, um, but the Atlanta United title didn't make me as happy as a Georgia football championship no. would, or an Illinois basketball championship would, let alone a Cardinals World Series or something. All right, this next question comes from Joshua Barnhart at Maverick2280. Um, uniform question for Scott. This is not my burner account either. I did not send this in. Can this be the uniform section, though? And um, we can hold that for the next one? No. No, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to overrule you two to three or whatever. <laughs> Last year, there was news that UGA's pants would be more silver, but they looked the same. Is there going to be a change this year? The answer to that is no, because I did read something that the the silver pants weigh a little bit more. I think we talked about that, and uh, I kind of believe that. And uh, they're not going to want to weigh the the players down, so they can come up with something a little bit better. And his second question is: I guess black jerseys are out during the smart era. I don't agree with that. I think that it if Kirby wants to wear black jerseys, Kirby will wear black jerseys. I think it'll be a later in the year maybe a Kentucky or Missouri game, and it would have to be night. That's my opinion. Um, but, no, I don't think they're out. It is my opinion it that if Georgia three. wins a national championship, then he might do it. I honestly, I, like he, his disdain for the questions about it strikes me as a – I'm sorry, that is not the crap that I'm dealing with here. And and that, that I mean you you know this stuff better than me, but like he seems to have like legitimate like yeah. don't even get on me about that stuff. But I also think- and I think it's because he's so much into focus championship championship championship, which I smartly yeah. And uh, that after that, then maybe he'll chill a little bit. But until then, I don't I don't think. Like but that. I also think that if Kirby wakes up on a day where he's like feeling black jerseys, it's great. Let's it. play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from at Ryan Lee fifty four thirty three Ryan Lewis. What's your prediction for Zamir White's total yards this season? Um, it's going to be under. I, I mean, he has potential to get to a thousand. Just depends when he plays. Yeah, I don't think he's getting to thousand. I mean, we had two thousand yard rushers last year. Um, I think five hundred would be great. I, I, yeah, five hundred. I'm, I'm thinking seven hundred, but yeah, five hundred. I'm I'm probably going to bet the under from what a lot of people will be feeling on that. Yeah. All right, next question comes from Heath at Ellenberg88. Will Georgia ever have another 1,000-yard receiver? And if yes, are they already on campus? Uh, Yes and yes, but not this year. Who do you think? 
Um, Pickens comes to mind. Yeah, Blaylock, yeah. Pickens. Um, if it's this year, it's probably Robertson. But if it's not this year, who, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be next year. Right, like, but, that's, but I that mean, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a, to me that's an interesting question, and that's something we'll discuss as we get, as we get in the previews. Actually, wait, who is the quarterback? Next yeah, year. that's a whole different. I mean, that is there's going to be a subplot for everything. Probably so. Brock Vandergaff, but yeah. could be Stetson. Yeah. Could be Dewan. All right, this next one comes from a friend of the show, Jennifer. We have a female <laughs> tweeting us. <laughs> I, I like, I like. That. She's, we there, she was a female. There's just something female about listeners. It. Um, we, there, there's plenty. We I know. I would say I don't know more. Female listeners, I know male listeners. But I know a lot of female listeners. Oh, yeah. Podcast. Yeah, Carrie. I, we don't need to name them because there are a lot. I at, swear. At Jenny Sue Makeup. Okay. Friends of podcast. <laughs> if you could only drink. Close friend. If you could. Oh, yeah, real close. Bourbon. If you could only drink one type of adult beverage. Bourbon. If you could only drink one type of adult beverage on game day for the entire season. What would each of yours be? And Scott, you can't say Diet Coke. <laughs> bourbon. I, I feel like we're already doing this. I do. I only drink <laughs> bourbon. I am monogamous. I am monogamous with bourbon in the confines of the season. I have. Sorry. Uh, uh, what's your answer, Scott? Well, one, I don't drink Diet Coke. I drink Coke Zero. You think she huh. would know me a little? You bit would better. think. But uh, mine would probably be just good old cheap American beer, Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, something like that. So, Maker's Mark bourbon. I hear you. Uh, little, it was a little uh, uh, preview. Uh, I wrote a book, and I wrote a novel, and it takes place it's in Athens. Fantastic! And um, and my, as we're about to send it out to publishers, and my agent. It's not about football. It's not about sports at all. But it takes place in Athens, and if the book takes place in Athens, there's going to be some tailgate sort of stuff in it. I will have you know, the book has nothing to do with football, nothing to do with anything. But like, my agent will not stop talking after reading the book about how desperately he wants to come to Athens and drink bourbon with me all day. Okay. So, uh, so duly noted. Uh, be prepared for that. That's going to happen at some point. So you look, look what you've done to me. I know some people. Yeah, look what you've done to me. That I uh, that that now it's even getting its way into my fiction. All right. So the next question comes from is AJ. It, it is fiction. At AJ Smith seventy, we're heading to Nashville for the Vandy game. Any restaurant, bar, tailgating spot recommendations? I'd like to hear this because I'm doing the same thing, and I don't know. The okay, Scott, to you've, have you been to this game before? I've been and, to Nashville many times. I've never been never, to Georgia Vanderbilt. So. Here's the cool thing about Vanderbilt Stadium. You're going this year. Are you going? Or I'm not, not going this not. year. My parents have Labor Day weekend is it's both my parents' birthday uh, weekend, so we always get together right. at the lake. Um, so here is here's the thing about Nashville Stadium. It is um, it's, it's it's precious, and it is it's easily accessible. So there are, there are several restaurants around. There's the whole West End area that you can generally walk to um if you're just going there to tailgate like you're not staying over on that side of town there is a park and there's lots of street parking around um the last time we went um i guess it was oh yeah it was a remake wilson game whenever that was what what year was that 13 13 where he got kicked out of the game for a Crap, crap call, yeah. Um, what a jerk. Yeah, we had two people kicked out. Both of them were like, are you serious? Is that the game they blocked a punt? Uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. We lost. Um, some loudmouth old man got in my son's face about him saying this, you know, we're better than, the, we're losing to Vanderbilt, we're better than this. And he got in my son's face. I'm like, bro, I, don't make me fight you here. It's fine. 
But there are plenty of places to get. Like, there's plenty of street parking. And, and, you know, a night game changes the math a little bit. You know, that was a um, probably a noon kickoff or 11 o'clock central kickoff. So, you know, we were there at 8 o'clock and whatever. But there are lots of good restaurants in the greater Nashville area. You know, if you have a chance for breakfast, go to the Blue Bear Cafe. But there are a lot of places. There'll be a ton of Georgia fans there. I've talked to, I mean, Will, you're going. Yeah, I'm going I, with my whole family. Like, all really? Oh, wow. That's really cool. And you probably have an Airbnb relatively close, right? We have a hotel. Hotel, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one of the, yeah, like the embassy suites yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, I'd recommend we, to eat at the P-Funky Griddle. Yeah, the P-Funky Griddle is not bad. Um, it's, not close, it's, it's not close to Vanderbilt, but... Waffles um, or something. Yeah. Make your own pancakes. So, I mean, look, here's the, here's the low-key interesting thing about Nashville. As long as you stay out downtown, don't deal with bachelorette parties, it's a pretty cool town. I really don't know Nashville well. I've just not spent a lot of time there. So I'd like for you to send us a selfie from Jason Aldean's rooftop bar. That doesn't sound like something we'll do. That does not seem like a place I would enjoy, let alone what I would enjoy. I don't think Will would do that if he were by himself. (laughs) All right, moving on. From at Sea Dog Night, the SEC chant, stupid or not? Stupid. Stupid. I'm sorry, I think it's stupid. Stupid. I've engaged in it, stupid. Yeah. I think it's, I don't And frankly, the only time I engaged in it was Oklahoma State game and we lost, so. I don't don't understand. Like, it's so. Like you root against those teams in bowl games. Like yeah, I don't even I don't I don't get it. Like I, 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 there's there's a like tribalism there's so much, there. I understand the tribalism. I get it. But like if Michigan is playing Tennessee in a bowl game, who are you I'm rooting pulling for? for? I'm pulling for Michigan. Of course, I'm pulling for the so reps. why in the world? Yeah. Like I, I don't understand. No, I don't. I don't. But, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, like I yeah. love the SEC and I hate every team in it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it would be different if it was if it was like a family member. Like I'm after this family member all the time, but you better not go after him. Right. But right. like we only want I our, hit my brother. Yeah, but like it's not like that. Like no, we actually want no. you to hit our brother. I mean, so, there. Are, I mean, there are times where I would. I mean, there are SEC teams they're, they're, I would the, root for, but yeah. But the only time I would really root for another SEC team is if I can see a bene- how it would benefit Georgia in the yes. standings. Yeah. Who were you rooting for in the national championship game last year? Last year. Oh, God. Clemson, I guess. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. and see, everybody, well, and Georgia does not even get, Georgia doesn't even get along with Clemson. That's like an all-time rival, and you were still cheering for well, them over the SEC when, team. And then when Clemson really started pouring it on, I wanted them to keep pouring it on. Yeah. Yeah, there came a point that game was like, score 90 yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, for me, that is, I, I don't understand the chat. So, uh, this next one comes from Patrick Yagi. At Patrick, what's up, man? He sent a link to uh, the SEC announcing the official Twitter account for, for the uh, SEC officials. For officials, I was going to talk about that. Or, and uh, how yeah, Georgia yeah. fans started blowing him up with uh, tweets of Tyler Simmons and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Own brand. But, I did but, not do that. I mean, I, I think personally, it's almost like time to let that go. Um, Watch your mouth. I think it's a little bit kind of we've run into the ground. It almost kind of. I don't know. I've got my own opinions about it, but I do um, think that was funny. If I still say Rudy was offsides, I'm going to say Tyler was onsides. Okay, whatever. I think we can say it while recognize that Georgia still lost that game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. I, I'm moving on from that. Um, all right. Next one comes from Kelly Wood Cobra at Kelly Wood Cobra. It's cool name. Yeah, I'm I think I've, I've seen. I've seen that. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> what's going to be the tougher game, Notre Dame or Texas A&M? Texas A&M. I think Notre Dame. Not because I, no, I think I, just because it's it early. Falls. Just because it's early. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, by I'll put it this way, generally speaking, unless the Texas A&M game has that um, LSU last year or Auburn year before vibe, but it's at home. It's at home. Yeah, that's true. That, that, and that's They're the both thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. So like that. That's the yeah. But like at home, I can see them stumbling because the team hasn't quite got there yet. 
early at home, then I can see them stumbling late at home. Uh, so yeah, I would say I, I would say Notre Dame would make me nervous. I think I, and also I think Notre Dame is actually probably better. Yeah, I, I think I probably buy that as well. Um, and also Texas A&M. I mean, they're going to have the crappy album by that point. So, <laughs> dude. All right. So this comes from Tim Palmer. Tim Palm. REM. I don't know this person. I just Lapman. think that's what they should be calling him. REM. L A P M I T. I don't. Maybe. Maybe I don't understand this question. He says more team wins or highest individual sack total. Is he trying to pick a number like an? So he is asking. Is will like Georgia have more wins like this season? Uh-huh. Or will we have somebody that has more sacks than Georgia has wins individually? I think Georgia has more team wins. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the question, Tim. T. Palm. Um, At Scott Grantham, or no, at S. Grantham 19, Scott Grantham, which dog's wide receiver will have the most catches this season? I expect Tyler Simmons to break out, but could Pickens Blaylock block well enough to emerge as a threat? I like how he put that because that's what Kirby's thinking. You got to be able to block. I think it's Robertson. Hmm, interesting. Um, I don't know. It feels like this wide receiver thing has become such a big thing with them that, like, I feel like someone's just going to come out of nowhere at some point. Maybe it's Pickens. Like, maybe someone just emerges. I, I just, I did just come up with a name that could potentially be there. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. 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 There you go. Totally. All right. So this comes from Miles at Miles McDonald 17. He's back. Which game, I like this question, which game, because I know what's going to happen, which game outside of Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M this year will give us an unexpected heart attack? So not Notre Dame, Florida, or A&M. Which one's going to be that, oh my God. It was kind of Missouri last year for a half. Yeah, I I think, and Miles, I appreciate you asking the question because I've pondered this very question. Probably Tennessee just because it's on the road and that, that place is a house of horrors. Isn't it Auburn? I mean, um, I, I mean, at that point in the season, I don't know uh, Auburn. I guess you're prepared for. You don't think? I guess I guess you're prepared for it, right? So you, it, the idea, of the question is what that about like, Vanderbilt. Yeah, <sighs> bro. I'm just saying. Get your shit together. <laughs> she write that down. Um, I will say, if it's Vanderbilt, man, am I, I looking forward to the Gasparilla Bowl? The first Bowl. half or something, dude. I'm looking forward to the Gasparilla Bowl if it's <laughs> if it's Vandy. I mean, I, I'll, I'll grant the premise of the question for you, Scott. The idea that like you're up 21 to 13 at halftime, and you're like, hey, why aren't we stomping these guys? And and it's early. It's the first game. It's at when, like was last time. You know, I mean, and then it's 42 16 at the end of the game. Yeah, but okay. I'm just saying that. Are you sweating a 21 13 road? lead at a night game when weird stuff's happening on the first game of the year? Yeah, yeah I'm probably sweating that a little bit. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but I can see the possibility. So, can we agree on one game that would potentially give it, like he's asking, which an unexpected heart attack, like maybe Tennessee, like you said. Yeah, I, you know, you've got, I mean, so, it's, I think you talked me into Vanderbilt. I think you talked me into Vanderbilt. No. I think you talked me into Vanderbilt. I can't handle this. I don't think they're going to lose Vanderbilt, but answers the imagination. But I could see, like, come on, like, if you were looking back for, for a game that maybe Georgia did not take that seriously uh, uh, and the other team got really into it, like, we can look into maybe the last game that Georgia played. So, like, there would be an example of that. So, I, now, obviously, this game is more important than a bowl game, but, like, Vanderbilt's going to be amped. It's going to be a night game. And by Vanderbilt being amped, I understand that they're going to anchor down. <laughs> there is a ceiling to that. No question. There's a governor to how, uh, how crazy they can get on that. 
but yeah, I can see uh, a, a little rustiness to start and everyone, the, uh, the, everyone puckering up a little bit. I'm willing to bet that one of you or your wife and your youngest child is back at the hotel by halftime of Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I, I mean, that, William, that's William a, staying with somebody. William staying, William staying. But yeah, I can see Wynn being like, screw this. It was, it's a 6.30 local start, right? Yeah, but you yeah. change your clocks when you go to Central Time. No, we'll be there. We're still getting there the night before. Yeah, their body clock is still 7.30. We were, means, William and I went to Bush Stadium this weekend. We were on Central Time the whole time. Yeah. Cardinals game started at 6.15. Yeah, on, uh, I'm talking about uh, when. Yeah, wins toast. <laughs> yeah, tell when the, the time I tried to talk. And wins toast because Georgia's winning that game by 28 yeah, points. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. All right. This next one comes I haven't gotten tickets for that yet. I feel like I should just wait until they all get distributed, right? Yeah. I feel like you're good. (laughs) Mark Reagan at MReagan83. He asks, after Mullen, which SEC coach do you dislike the most and why? You just missed the coaster. No, I didn't. You slammed it down. No, it's my head. Uh, Which which SEC coach do you dislike the most and why? Because Miles on. Yeah. I'd I'd have to say with I mean, maybe Jeremy Pruitt, but guess when I was on. He hadn't been there long enough to really dislike. You don't know. Plus, we beat we beat Pruitt is last year. I hate that guy. I have to tell you. Although, to be fair, what we about, probably don't have IPF if, without him. So I know that he's Kirby's buddy, but the way that Muschamp handled that Maryland thing last year is not <laughs> something he should be living at any time. I'm glad so. you brought up Muschamp. And, like, that is a personal thing that has nothing to do with team uh, and kind of conference stuff. But that was a, for, I, will, I will give you full warning here, Scott, that was a shithead thing to say uh, at a time where most coaches were shutting the hell up about it. Even if that's what they thought, a guy just died in, in, in what was certainly a preponderance of evidence put together that a, a level of aggression involving the boat coaching staff to go out and say not only to not only defend the guy that you worked with but to talk about sort of the wimpification mm. of this stuff was a pretty shithead thing to do yeah. so uh, i have not forgotten that from last year yeah and i you know if I, if you were to ask me one a it would be must champ and, and frankly, it has everything to do with how he has acted towards the University of Georgia, the place he played football, the place his degree is from. Um, I assume, whatever. <laughs> I'm all for taking his diploma away. Let's, let's, put, um, let's put degree in quotes. Can, is it safe to say that your favorite coach would be Ed Ogeron, just to listen to him talk? Yeah, did y'all see him run up the beach? He's every man. <laughs> He's every man. I mean, look, yeah, Ed Ogeron falls when he runs up the beach, but let me see, let me, let me see Gus Malzahn run in Marsh. I mean, I think it's a good sign that Ed Orgeron, like, wasted Georgia last year. We don't hate him. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's so likable. <laughs> like that, yeah. That counts for something. Yeah, but Muschamp can kiss my ass, too. All right, so this one's from John McKay, not the former Tampa Bay Bucks coach. As far as we Rich know. Rich McKay's dad. It's at, it's easy, mm, okay. I'm trying to give, them, give their handles out so people can follow them. Uh, he asked two questions. Which SEC coach will be fired first, and why is it Gus Malzahn? I don't know if that was a typo or what. Uh, number two, favorite SEC road trip non-Jacksonville category? I've only taken a few of those. Um, if I hadn't been 100 degrees, um, I would still say Oxford. That was just a very pleasant experience. I would like to do that again next time, even as bad as that game was. Also, talk about like weird little time capsules, the time that Georgia would go to Mississippi and get absolutely wasted feels like something that's not going to happen again for a I long mean, time. I mean, a lot of us went to Mississippi and got absolutely wasted. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, who am I to blame the team for it? Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say my road trip would be Mississippi. Lexington. 
hands down. I'd have to say uh, Knoxville. I've enjoyed I've all my Knoxville. trips up to Knoxville. Knoxville I've seen a lot of victories up Kiss there. My ass. And first coach, <laughs> first coach fired well. Mark Stoops. You think so? I don't know. Come I mean, on, man. He had such a good year last year, and they, they got nobody back. And um, It's weird in that the SEC doesn't really have anybody besides Malzahn. It doesn't feel like a... Like all a, in the hot seat. But we have no idea, right? There is a world out there where... Chad Mar starts out 0 and 8 mm-hmm. and gets fired, right? Because that's that's a possibility. I don't think it will happen. I don't think Mason gets fired. Just thinking about the East. Yeah. I don't see anybody in the East that's really it doesn't in feel danger. Like a big, uh, it requires a team to collapse. Right. In in, yeah. in the West, I mean you have two new coaches, uh, when your coaches. Um you got to, I mean, is there a world where Ogeron goes four and eight and gets fired? Sure, but I don't see it. So um, if there's a coach to be fired, Malzahn's the first one, but I don't know that we'll have it again this year. This last one comes from Ligstrom Dog. Ligstrom. Ligstrom. At Ligstrom Dog. What will Florida's postgame win expectancy be after the after 2019 World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party? Will it be greater or less than the 4% in 2018? Like like national title win expectancy or like the total number. By the way, that's actually a cool name. Lickstrom is Privet, right? Hedges. I knew I knew they were Privet Hedges. I did not know it was Lickstrom. Yeah. Um, so if, I don't entirely under the question. If I if I, re, if I get the question right, what you're saying is after the world's largest cocktail party, how many games will they win afterwards? So we have to know their schedule, right? Of Florida. Yeah, I don't... I, yeah. We'll table that one. Yeah. Um, seven. Yes, seven. For Flinnen. All right, so we have... Uh, thanks for the question. Yes. Right? We should talk at length should, about uniforms. We, no, no, we're not going to. We're going to table uniforms. Oh, we did it. So the next Thank one. you for yeah. all the questions. Thank you for y'all, the questions. Y'all, y'all filibustered me Success. long enough. <laughs> filibustered him two to three. We will, we will discuss new uniforms and then hashtags... On the next, oh, we did it. On the next show, thank you for all the questions. Please send as many as you can next week. But the last thing I want to do, we do have two podcast reviews. I'd like awesome. to read. Thank you, guys. Um, so this one came in June twelfth. It's a five star review from KC Dog, titled "Always a Good Time." This is an always entertaining pod about UGA sports and life in general in Athens. It managed to thread the needle of providing satisfying sports analysis without getting too far into the statistical weeds. The hosts sprinkle in enough anecdotal stories and tidbits about their life in the classic city to allow me to reminisce about my days in college, which is absolutely welcome as a transplant to the Midwest. All three guys add something different to the show, and they have a great chemistry together. Overall, a really enjoyable experience for those who have a passion about Georgia athletics and the friendships and memories they have formed around the topic. Oh, he has a question. My question, and bear with me as I'm getting my oil changed and have too much time to kill. (laughs) Do you guys think your opinion of the 2017 year would be different without national or social media? I frequently caught myself checking Twitter during or immediately following pop culture events, sporting events, TV episodes, political debates, you name it, and I'm always unsure how the knee-jerk reactions I read are coloring my own feelings and what I just experienced. 
Obviously, the end of the national championship game was a gut punch, but how do you think you'd feel about it a few days later or years later if you just had your memories of the season to fall back on, not talking heads on TV or Twitter or whatever? By the way, Will's Sports on Earth piece afterwards was one of my favorite things he's ever written, along with the Guns piece in New York Magazine. Agreed on both. Second question, if you could pick one hero to end the upcoming season's national championship game in dramatic fashion, who would it be? It's got to be Hot Rod, right? Maybe a quarterback sneak, sneak touchdown from Fromm as second place. Uh, for the, first off, that was an awesome question. It was. An, an awesome review. Uh, I actually would like to merge those last two things and say I would like the uh, hero to be Rodrigo on a quarterback sneak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so why want. not? Yeah. I don't um, know, man. I've seen enough kicker tomfoolery when it comes to plays with Georgia right now that maybe I don't want to get Just kick here. the damn ball. Yeah, just yeah. kick the damn ball. Um, so the answer to the first question is, it, I mean, I, I was at 13 of the 15 games, so I didn't let too much of what the national media said color yeah. my 2017 experience. I can see where somebody that doesn't doesn't is not privileged to be able to do that um, could just because we talk about we talk about narrative a lot on this podcast and when you are required to turn out a thousand words a day seven days a week and in twenty five hundred words on Saturdays if you're a college football writer you got to write about something. Yeah. I mean, this is the que- I mean, this is a larger philosophical question, but I mean, this is kind of the problem with. Everything right now is yeah. that the experience of uh, actually like having your own thoughts and viewpoints and having them separate from some sort of hive mind uh, or uh, is affecting everything in American culture right now. And, uh, and, and not only that, that you're dumb if you don't agree with what yeah, the hive mind says. Yeah, and the idea wrong. Yeah, yeah, the idea that like you know we have a uh, we have a culture right now that encourages. You uh, it rewards you being emphatic more than it rewards you uh, being right. thoughtful. Yeah, and uh, and uh, perfect. I, th- I think that is uh, frustrating. And I encourage anyone. I understand the question. I understand the philosophy behind the question, and I agree with philosophy behind the question. And uh, I will say personally, I'm doing my best uh, to uh, to uh, Twitter is uh, Twitter is just uh, it's it is driving everything in a way that is upsetting uh, and bad for the world. And, and, I, and not even allowing us to have the simple experience. I, I was in with a quick anecdote on this. I was at the uh, 2013 World Series in which the Red Sox played the Cardinals. And that was when David Ortiz went nuts. He actually destroyed the Cardinals in that series. I hope David Ortiz is okay, by the way. He He's like still a third. And, um, and uh, he was just, it was just amazing how good he was. And I was sitting up in the, in the right field press box, uh, in the auxiliary press box. It was cold, but it was awesome, even though it was a Cardinals World Series game, and I had to wear a suit, pretend I didn't care. And, um, and David Ortiz hit this awesome home run off Michael Waka, who was killing it at the time. And the crowd just went crazy, went absolutely nuts. And I looked down at every one of my press box, and every single one of them learned about that home run from Twitter. They're standing right there. David Ortiz is doing something amazing that we will talk about the rest of our lives, but I don't believe them because they didn't watch it. They were watching other people respond to it on Twitter. And I feel like so much of our lives and a lot of... The NBA has a serious problem right now. People are not actually watching the games. They're watching people talk about all the personality stuff and all, all of that stuff on Twitter. It's more interesting in the games themselves for a lot of people. It's not. I think most people actually would prefer to watch a basketball game than be on Twitter. But I do think that there are mega users of the service that drive the conversation in a way that I would argue is ruining it for normal people. Yeah, I mean... Rant over. Well, you're right, because I have to 
you know, with as much as I film and do whatever, take pictures, I'm, I try to be as in the moment and conscious about looking around and realizing that I'm the guy that I don't really want to be holding the phone, recording some event when I should just be watching it with my eyes. And I'm trying to teach my kids to just be in the moment. That's why none of them have a phone. Um, we're going to get our oldest a phone just because he needs one because i got to get in touch I with I have to say, you've, you've held out impressively long on that. Yeah. I Agreed. Don't, <laughs> I don't want them to have one. Yeah. Um, because I see everybody else with their, and I'm included in that and I fight that, but it's one of those things where when we go to dinner as a family, the phones are either left in the car or they're in the pocket. Yeah, we, we have that same role, you know, and I mean, I'm just talking about my wife and me because you want to engage. And so I guess what I'm saying, you know, your question, sure. I think it was a lot more memorable because you're actually experiencing the most like that commercial on TV where they're answering the door to get the pizza guy and everybody's cheering behind him. I can't remember what commercial was really funny um, where you're missing the moment. Probably a pizza commercial. Probably, well, I don't know, something like that. But, uh, but yet I'll say it was, you know, you, everybody wants to um, be nostalgic about the past and everything. However, I love Twitter. I love Instagram. I love social media and it is what it is. We're in 2019 right now. And I think that, we're just going to have to be, uh, you know, have the the onus is on us to, hey, are we going to parent or are we going to parent ourselves to, hey, let's let's take a play off here and just absorb it, you know. And I have to do that with myself when I take my my camera to the game and make highlight videos and stuff. And for what it's worth, I don't want to miss anything. I really like watching your highlight videos. So <laughs> thank so thank you for doing that. Yeah. So uh, I'm, but it's I'm just constant. glad you're doing it so I can experience it and then I can re- remember my experience. I send Will awesome pictures of him and William at the game. Oh yeah. Uh, I never know. look better in those pictures. He's got a good phone. He's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a good phone. All right. Last comment. I think we've had this before I think maybe he updated it. That's okay. Or something a man named Job, you know, G O B. Fabulous podcast. Uh, wonderful. Might have read this before, but it came in again. Wonderful UJ pod for us dog fans reviewing the dogs from an inside Athens perspective. The game, the game combines enough X's and O's to satisfy the hardcore football junkie with the ups and downs that all SEC fans face. The trick or illusion to this pod is the unique background. Of the hosts, Leach, a professional sports writer covering his hometown team, Waller, a lifelong dog, and Duvall, professional producer with a passion for the team. Don't miss these guys. They know that there's always money in the banana stand. Ah, I love <laughs> That's a great <laughs> reference. I do feel terrible about that because Arrested Development just actually came up with a new season like three, three months ago, and I don't know a single person who watched it. I wrote Can't a, say that I wrote a 4,000-word essay for New York Magazine about when it came back to Netflix the first time. Yeah. People were so excited. Like, Netflix had finally justified its existence. It brought Arrested Development back. I liked that season a little bit more than most people liked that season, but it definitely didn't inspire anyone to watch anything else after that. I don't know a single person that watched uh, the, the new season of it, which is a bummer because Arrested Development was one of those formative shows that uh, that I think was great. So I love I love any reference, even if that was even if no one watched the, the new season. Well, thanks for uh, reviewing, Joe. <laughs> what was the name? What was the name of the oh, the Magicians Magazine? Poof, poof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, which, that's funny. not coincidentally, is the name of. The hopes of Florida this year. Yeah. <laughs> Although Florida will ever will always be referenced as crawl, crawl. this year. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, our next show, I think, will be an actual 
like look at the I, yeah, I, think, I think it's I think we get to season uh, 2019 yeah. yeah and we'll actually look at the national viewpoint and then we'll look at the SEC and then we'll do our Georgia kind of granular preview yeah and then we will preview we will talk about Vanderbilt football games y'all and we'll talk about uniforms. All oh, right, and hashtags. Hashtags. uniforms and hashtags. Sure, we will. This gives me more time to do some research. This was yeah. really a shoddy job that I did on. The I uniform. think you did fine. I think you, you did great. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that uh, should be on the outtakes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the after show. That'd be like you can. You know how like Tom York does like an album in between Radio Hell albums. <laughs> that can be like your solo album that has all the bleeps and bloops and yeah. Johnny Greenwood's not playing guitar yeah. on it. And so it's it's still fine. It's just not like you know the real thing. Um, anyway, okay. Otherwise, I'm excited to get back out here, guys. Uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. And the questions via Twitter, they were awesome. You don't have to wait until we record just to send us questions if you have them. I mean, you certainly can when we tweet it out. But you can tweet us anytime, and we'll compile them so as not to miss it on a future show. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe as well on Apple Podcasts because podcast reviews are kind of like currency for us. It helps more people find out about our show, and they're fun for us to read and discuss. And that's it. Have a great rest of your summer because it's just a few weeks to go until we have all of our weekends planned out just ever so perfectly. We'll see you on campus then. And as always, go dogs. I think at the end of the show, I've already put my prediction of just order finish. Are we doing predictions today? Oh, I'm not ready no, for no, that. No, 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 okay. because it's SEC Media Days and the media will... Are we going to guess what they're going to do? Or are no, we going to make no, our own we're prediction? just going to make our own like order of finish. No. Not, we're not predicting records... Are you going to throw this piece of paper away after tonight? I'm going to say, I don't know if I'm prepared for this. You're this, not ready for that? Yeah. No! No, that's for the SEC preview podcast. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like, I like where your head is. I really do. It's too early. It's, it's too, too early. early. It's too early. If you want to have us predict what they, we think they are going to Yeah, predict, 100%. That is something I would be That's a little more fun. Yeah. But you... you we'll we'll we, table that. Have I'm we, not ready to be on the, on the official. Have we parsed your joy? It's a democracy here. It's two to three. It's an up-down vote. I lost. You're counting the, the it's two to three gimp in the corner. <laughs> two, to, two out of three. It's been a long day. I've been up since four. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So hey, good to be all together. Uh, yes. I think that we, we should set out our schedule a little bit because <clears throat> we are still having a discussion of whether or not this is the last podcast of last season or oh. the first podcast of next season. We have coasters. Oh, we do. <gasps> oh my god, we have coasters. This is going on the Twitter machines, and I use my Twitter machine for good, not to you know <laughs> insult Congress people. <laughs> Yeah, that was political because that yeah. was ridiculous. That wasn't even political. Like, that's, because I've said this over and over and over, it's not political. It has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. It has to do with being a jerk or not being a jerk. Do I get more Good than one? Good man. We got, we got 500 of these. And look. How many of these do we have? We got five. No, we got 10 of those. Okay. 500 cards. And here's the thing. Like, next time you're somewhere and they're like, yeah, I have a podcast. Have you ever had to, like, let me see your phone. It's a, it's a QR code. All they have to do Can is. Can I try it? How do I do it? How do you I'm go to your camera. Just open it up. Oh. You don't even have to take a picture. Look at that. By the way, this is great content, guys. <laughs> Does it work with Tony's? Of course yeah, it works with Tony's. It brings up the most, the most recent one. Oh, be darn. Look at that. Just like that. We live in the future. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So we've, got, we've all got uh, these waiting since last Saturday business cards to give out. And then I have a couple of these you can stick somewhere. <laughs> uh, oh, brother. <laughs> Boy, can't I.
Yeah, so we got coasters, stickers, and business cards. Uh, I want to see these waiting since last Saturday stickers above every urinal in every downtown bar uh, in Athens, Georgia, and all surroundings. Y'all, I'm here for that. I, I never had a band in college. I always wanted one just to have the band sticker on a urinal. At a you just that. so you could wander into a place and like, that's my band, man. That's my band, man. And they're like, sir, this is an Arby's. That checks out. Oh, we have a, uh, we have a bourbon spill that's on the glass table, tragic. and it doesn't even affect Where's the um, tickets. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got this. He's got it. Just don't let it get to the computer. Yeah, well, no one's worried. I'm not, I'm not, I, uh, I trust the American professionalism of Scott Duvall that, that nothing's going to affect the table. <laughs> Guys, I'm not worried about the computer, it's the bourbon. <laughs> yeah, I think he's all, I'm all concerned about the table with the computer and the cards. <laughs> we're off too. We are roaring tonight. You didn't get the business cards wet. No, no, they're, they're waterproof. <laughs> they're bourbon proof. That's how much that's how excited so, he was about this thing that you just gave him. Okay, so just to set the scene, I spilled a whole glass of bourbon, which I've slurped many, many slurps off the floor. Mm-hmm. Not floor, the table. The glass table, thank God. Scott now has a glass table. Um, so I think it would be weird to just yeah. have the ticket sitting on top of a table. We're and super we're super G Day in this one, y'all. Yeah, well, yeah, we are. We are definitely rusty. Okay, let's try again. Do you have kids that can bring me warm? Bring me more ice? Yeah, let me call Jennifer. <laughs> do not do that. Damn. <laughs> it's fine, I'll drink it. You know what? I deserve to have to drink it hot. <laughs> you still have ice in there. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no guarantees I won't pour it out. Hey, Tony spilled his bourbon on the table. Um, I was wondering if you could send one of the, the little people down with just some more ice. And a bib. And a bib. <laughs> Nah, we got that covered. No, tell her, no. tell her, I didn't waste the bourbon. I'm not stopping up bourbon. We always do the podcast shirtless, so we just use the <laughs> clothes you. that we dispatch. <laughs> Should we put on clothes? Nah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The great thing is we've been recording the entire time. Yes, I think this is great. This, content. you know how sometimes I put just a random thing at the end. This is really this is going to go at the end. Content. Yeah, great, good, good podcasting. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I got Uh-oh. a couple wet. I got a couple wet. Don't worry about it. Those are yours, not it's mine. Fine. It's okay. See, I've already given away one. <laughs> All right. The table looks none the worse for wear. No, no, that's why I have a glass table. I still have, I still have Will fan sticker to put somewhere. <laughs> that's probably not the first time those uh, ticket subs have had bourbon splashed on them. You think? Good chance. Get I mean, and coasters are, are supposed to get wet. Good job, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. Where's the bourbon? Uh, Guys. Right here. <gasps> oh, it's the bourbon. Sorry, I drank it all. It's not funny what Charlie says it either. <laughs> so, just to set the scene, guys, I poured a half a glass of bourbon out, of which I immediately slurped up a third of that. Some of it went back in my glass. And the problem is, is I have the... Glass is really slippery, so we need non-stick glasses too. I understand. Get on that. Non-stick what? Glasses. We just need like suction I mean, cup gloves. Yeah. Like. Uh... So when we last left you, uh, Scott had lost a vote two to three. Yes. To the, and... to the right. That's right. Okay, let's try again. 